This is Jordan Edwards, and this is the Business Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. JJ Winnens, how are you, my friend? Good afternoon, kind sir. How are you holding up through all this? Really good. So, I mean, just in my perspective, uh, I've been fortunate, just like, you know, you told me earlier how you've been fortunate to where, you know, active duty in the military, we don't bar a government just being wiped out. We don't really get affected by much. We just have to adapt and overcome to how we do certain things. And this year has been for everybody just yeah. interesting. So just how we've we've adapted in the military itself is it's been intriguing. I can't wait to hear about that. Let me set this up for the viewers. Uh, you and I are teammates. You have mm -hmm. been in and out of the Budokan, depending on mm -hmm. your active duty status and, and when you've been around. Uh, we've trained together. Uh, I had the, the pleasure of teaching you when you were a beginner uh, in mm -hmm. some of my classes when I was uh, teaching the beginner class at Budokan. And you are an active duty Marine. Yes. You're also an active duty student. And you have an amazing uh, story uh, that is all about the come up, all about the grind. You truly have, you know, from the little that I know about you and remember about you, and really why I asked you to be on this today is that you went into the military and you truly made something of yourself and then some and then some and then some. So let me... Let me pull something up before we even get into the conversation. You start talking. I saw this on Instagram and I said, this guy is just, he's something else. I mean, it's incredible. So let's see if we could share this little video right here. And after I play this, you talked about this. It'll make me get emotional. I got emotional when I saw it. Joshua Winans. Listen to this crowd. I hope this broadcast picks up how they went crazy for you. When I saw that video, <laughs> I was like, oh my God. It was amazing. I mean, mm -hmm. It was incredible. I mean, I'm so proud of you for everything you've accomplished. Thank you. Uh, and before I let you speak, um, what really touched me about that, when you're graduating, I mean, you went into the Marines, you've made something of yourself, but something that I'm so passionate about that I'm going to be writing about in this book and I wrote about in my last book is about self-education. Mm -hmm. um, when, you're, when you're a young kid, a lot of young people, 18, they go to college and it's just lost on them. But you went into the Marines, you learned, you grew so much, and then they paid for your education and then <laughs> and then more of you. So enough with me, just yeah. talk to me about your whole, your whole come up from like where you started out. Oh, whew. all right, here we go. Uh, well, so I knew I was going to join the Marines. So I've always been into martial arts to kind of coincide with the martial arts aspect, me as an individual, as a professional, and also, you know, my collegiate career, everything. I've always been in martial arts. So my family was always adamant on knowing self-defense. So I did Taekwondo and karate as a, as a teenager, as a kid, I've done all of that. And then when I joined you know, the military, I wanted to learn something else because in the military, we have, we have martial arts, but it's more so gauged that, and it's kind of gruesome, but it's the, the profession that we're in, it's more towards like death. Like these are techniques that 
you're going to use on the battlefield to take someone's life. It's not so much, you know, the disarm, depending on the training that you get, it's more so the lethality. Like this technique is like, we have an eye gouge technique. We have a throat, uh, throat technique. We have certain techniques where it's like with knives and whatnot, like this is going to take an individual's life. And I wanted to learn something, obviously a little, a level down from that. So when I was in Hawaii, um, that's when I got into Brazilian Jiu Jitsu to go back a little bit coming into the military. I always knew when I was 11 years old, I always tell this story cause it's funny to me. Cause I knew that day it was like light bulb. When I was 11 years old, there was a commercial that came on. It was a Marine Corps recruiting commercial. And this, this dude, normal civilian, he was running through a tunnel of blades. He climbed up a big wall. He went into the stadium and this dragon from nowhere <laughs> representing the devil came. And then a sword, a Marine Corps sword came out. He fought the dragon. He killed the dragon. The flame went to the sword and he turned into a Marine. Right then and there, I was like, you know, do you know the, the you must have seen the miniseries on HBO, uh, Generation Kill? Mm-hmm. When they say, "How many guys did that commercial get?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah, me. <laughs> that was that was the that was the commercial that got me. And ever since then, I told my mom because before then, I had wanted to be a, a sensei, like I wanted to be a karate instructor. And then when I saw that commercial, I was like, "That's what I'm gonna do." Yeah. And then that's when I started doing my research because my family, my mom and my dad, they gave me that foundation to. And it's funny too, because I thought about, I was just thinking about this the other day to where my mom and my dad always instilled greatness. And it wasn't greatness to where a millionaire, a billionaire greatness. It was greatness to where I don't care what you do, as long as you are happy and you're the best at it. That's all I care. If you are flipping burgers at Burger King, if you are the best at it and you're happy, that's all I could ask. That's all I could ask for. And that's what they instilled at me at a young age. And I took that with me throughout my whole career. But I started doing research because that's just always how I've been. I've always been like, I want, I want this, I want this, I want this. So I started doing research to where, what did I want to do in the Marine Corps? And I found out these programs, you know, I wanted to join the Marine Corps. I wanted to become a drill instructor to train recruits at boot camp to become Marines. And then I wanted to go to war to serve my country. And then I wanted to do the program that you, you met me while I was doing called MISEP and it's the Marine Enlisted Commissioning Education Program to where you go to school full time. You stay active duty, you keep the benefits, you keep your time in service, but you go to school full time to get a degree in whatever you, you can get a degree in uh, kinesiology, art, you can get a degree in whatever you want to get a degree in as long as you get a baccalaureate. And then you commission as an officer in the Marine Corps. Because I've been in over 14 years now. I, I moisturize. People always say I look a bit, a little bit younger than what I, what I look. And I'm always like, I moisturize. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but that's the program that I was on. And it's all these things to where everybody's like, oh, you've been so lucky in the military. And I'm like, I, the, the term luck to me is so, so intriguing because I'm, it's if you only knew. Right. It's not luck. I, there was doors that were closed to me. But I always preach and I always try to tell individuals just because one door closes doesn't mean there's not another one. Doesn't mean that you can't climb through the window. You know, I'm not telling individuals to like rob a house, but just metaphorically to your ha- to your life, you know, if a door closes, open up another one. If you want that specific door open, keep knocking that's right. and that door will open up. And that's what I've done throughout my career to be able to achieve what I've achieved, you know, because I was in nursing. I don't think, no, I met you right after that. I was in nursing school for two years 
because I wanted to, I wanted to switch branches, go into the Navy, be a nurse, become a pediatrician later on and, you know, earn my doctorate in medicine. I did two years of uh, medical or not medical school, nursing school. I failed out. So I failed out of one class. Like it's nursing school at Malloy college and Rockville center. One of the, yeah, one of the best schools in the country smoked me. Uh, like I, I'm humble enough to admit that like one of the classes, uh, pharmacology got me yeah. and I ended up having to switch my degree plan. So I switched my degree plan to business because I always wanted to, I, I wanted to open up my own businesses, you know, as I got older. And then it's been that I haven't regretted ever since because I was able to get my bachelor's degree. I was able to grind and get an MBA, a two year program in six months. I had to get approval from the deans to where they're just like, hey, Jay, they knew me because uh, I'm very personable. I make sure everybody at the top knows who I am. And that's just me you as heard, a professional. You heard those cheers if they, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just me as a professional to where like you're you're going to know who I am because that's just who I am. Like I'll talk to anybody. I'll conversate with anybody. I'll give advice to anybody. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a free resource that anybody can use. And I had to talk to them and they gave me the deal to where like, you know, JJ will let you do it as long as you keep a B plus average and above. Mm -hmm. So I did it. Uh, I graduated with honors. I uh, was one of the top in the, the MBA class for that time frame. And then it was weird because I stopped doing, so I stopped going to the academy because I was doing too much. And not only mentally, but physically, I was just doing, I was way, my body was telling me like, bro, slow down. Right. Cause I was, you know, I was getting ready for TBS, which is the follow on training. I was getting ready for, you know, uh, physically, I was running, I was hiking, I was weightlifting, I was doing MMA, BJJ, and I had to give one of those up. And you know, professionally, I had to choose what was going to excel me forward professionally. BJJ wasn't going to be that one at that time in my life. So I had to stop going to the academy. And then once I started training more, it's weird because last year, I think, you, I don't know if you saw the picture of when I had surgery and it looked like just a bunch of. Oh, do you mean this? <laughs> I'm ready to pull up. <laughs> uh, so that was a perfect lead-in. I mean, you and I didn't schedule it together, but. You know, you do have a story that I think is worth telling, which is why I really want to reach out to you. Yeah, that, that hurts oh, about it. It. So that, so around the time that I stopped, my body was telling me like, yo, bro, you need to, you need to slow down. So I was like, okay, I have to, I have to give up BJJ. I have to focus more on running. I have to focus more on hiking to get ready for TBS. Cause TBS is something that makes Marine Corps officers unique. And that is to where no other branch in the military does this. So no matter what your MOS is, what your job is in the military or in the Marine Corps, you have to go through TBS and it's called the basic school and it's for all officers, chief warrant officers, warrant officers, we're not chief warrant officers, warrant officers and uh, regular officers like lieutenants, captains, they have to go to the school and essentially it teaches you how to employ a platoon and company level in mm -hmm. combat. Every officer does that. No other branch does that. Only the Marine Corps. That's what. That's one of those things that puts us above other branches in terms of how effective we are in combat. And I was getting ready for it because you're. We do hikes down there, and you're wearing, and you you're you're hiking with a hundred plus pounds. Your weapon, Kevlar. You're going up and down. Hit like it's it's rigorous training. So I was getting my body ready for it because I had not been in the operating forces for about four years. So I had to get my body accustomed to it again. As I was getting it ready, 
after, you know, I stopped BJJ, I was hoping that would go to help. And then I kept training and I kept pushing myself and I wasn't able to get at the level that I was before. And then I wasn't able to run at all. It was excruciating. I would start running and I would just, it would be excruciating pain. Cause I can push through a lot of pain. Cause I mean, being in the Marine Corps, you age, your body ages a lot faster than <laughs> if you were in the civilian sector. Uh, but I ended up having to get x-rays. I went to the doctor, I got x-rays, I got MRIs. He's like, hey, you have a bone spur that you saw in the picture on your ankle. It's one or two things. You can wear like heel lifts and do physical therapy and try to push through it, which in the Marine Corps, that's not really a thing, or you can have surgery. And I'm like, well, let's let's go in there and cut it out and have surgery. Right. And then had surgery, and that was that was interesting in itself because a lot of people, a lot of people like are empathetic when I tell them about it. But at the same time, you know, I've done a lot of things. It sounds like I don't know what it sounds like, but I've done a lot of things alone because I've been single most of my life. So mm -hmm. I was doing everything in my apartment on one leg. And like in short time frames and short spurts and like I had to cook, I had to clean, I had to do laundry, I had to do everything yeah. while in a cast. And like I had to plan it in a way to where if I was standing up for more than five minutes, my whole leg, my whole leg from like my mid mid shin down would swell and it would get excruciating because I just had surgery because they literally cut down the middle of my Achilles, opened up the Achilles, took it off my heel shaved off the bone, yeah. attached my Achilles back and closed everything up. So that's right. why like, even now I'm still, I'm not, I would have to say I'm like 80% over a year later from surgery. Yeah. But that's why at that time it was so, it was, it was rough, but I, I always tell people, it's like in your darkest times, you find the light and that light is yourself. You discover who you are, you know? And it's, it's like, I try to compare it to some people that are religious to where like, you know, Jesus went to the desert. Um, comparable. I didn't go to the desert, but it's kind of the same concept to where you go through a very tough time. You go through this hard time and you discover things about yourself. You know, so just you, like like the, you, you're coming off, you're, you're finishing these programs, been in the military, you get this major adversity. It's just, it's such an incredible story of how you've overcome and you're building and, you know, you're putting out this message uh, on your social and it just seems like you're building towards something and I'm catching you like possibly right before some amazing things start to happen in your life. Uh, mm -hmm. Is that what you do get that sense too? Like, I mean. <laughs> so that, that happened this year, um, when it, my business partner actually. So my buddy earlier this year, cause I've been in this very collegiate kind of spin. Cause even, so even when I was cooped up on my, on my futon for over two weeks, uh, not being able to do anything. I'm just, cause I hate being stagnant. Like I can't not, I can't, I'm not comfortable. I'm not like that individual. Just, I'm just content with life. Like I always want more, not only for myself, but for those around me, you know, I want to, my big life goals before I'm 40 is, you know, impact lives, which is like, that's a constant thing for the rest of my life, but create employment. You're beating me right now. <laughs> create employment, you know, build my own business and generational wealth. You know, because yeah. my uh, my family, we come from a poor background, like mm. small town, Ohio, poor Salvation Army clothes, hand me down clothes. You know, like ramen noodles was a, a delicacy with hot dogs in it. You didn't really realize that till later on. 
yeah. but I do still love that ramen noodles with hot dogs in it. It's really tasty. It's really tasty. But I came from a poor, poor home, and I want to create that generational wealth because I want to take care of my parents. You know, like I'm, I'm the kind of man to where like my parents aren't going to if they end up in that area. You know, I'm they're not going to a nursing home, right? They're gonna live with me. You know, they're gonna live. I'm gonna get them a house, or I'm gonna get them a house with home care. You know, that generational wealth to where I have the ability to do that. Yeah. And that's what I want to create for, you know, hopefully one day if I have kids to where, hey, this is what I've created for us. This it's now it's your turn, you yeah. know, and it's not only for this family, it's for everybody around you. It's that, you know, the you know, I'm going to say corporate social responsibility, but within the family, like it's our responsibility yeah. to impact the community around you, because if you impact one person, that person might impact another person and then so on and so on and so on. And that's how you make communities better is you better where you're at. And that's what I want to do. And it's funny because my buddy, the beginning of the year, I was, I've been in this really collegiate role to where even when I was cooped up on my, my futon, I'm like, man, what am I going to do? So I went to a real estate course. Mm. I went to a real estate course to get my real estate license. And then I'm like, damn, you know what? I'm going to do this too. So I ended up getting advanced cert in marketing. So I, I went to I went to college again to kind of get like not a second degree. It's like a certificate, but I took six courses, MBA level courses to get another degree essentially in marketing. Yeah. And at the towards the end of that, I'm like, man, I'm still recovering. I still got the rest of 2020. Like, what am I going to do? You know what? I'm going to go for my doctorate. And, there, you know, I've always wanted to be a doctor in medicine, but I'm just like, you know, I'm going to go for my doctorate in business because I love business. I love the concepts. I love my whole thing is a uh, strategic leadership mm -hmm. and development. Like um, my whole career, like, especially when I was a drill instructor, they would always give me troubled recruits. It would give me troubled Marines that were drill instructors that kind of lost their way and needed help to form them into a better Marine. And for me, it's I always emphasize like, if you are a good man, if you're a good woman, if you're a good human being first, Mm -hmm. everything else will just fall into place. You don't, a lot of people try to focus on the professional aspect, which is good, but you need to focus on yourself first. Because if you create yourself as a good human being, a good person and you, good morals, just just passion, dedication, love, consistency, that's going to reflect. Yep. You know, if you just focus on this, you're going to lose on this. And in my business, we have a core value. One of our core values is people do business with people that they like. Mm -hmm. People yep. do business with people and people do business with people that they like. It's all, yep. It all comes down to personal relationships. So what, what exactly is your PhD in that you're working on? So it's, it's going to be a doctorate in business administration with mm -hmm. a focus in uh, strategic leadership and development. Yep. And it's comparable to a PhD, but PhD yep. is more, um, it's open to pretty much anything. This doctorate one is only focused on, I have to do it on business, which I still, I still got three years. I'm trying to do it. I want to be, uh, Dr. JJ before 35 and I'm 32 now. So I got, I got three years to keep grinding. You have a lot of years, even though you're still relatively young. Uh, I pulled up another thing and I am getting to something here and you're doing an amazing job leading, you know, telling that in the story. Um, I, I read, um, I read a few books over the past few years, but two specifically this year. One I reread. <laughs> One I reread, and then the other one I um, let's see here. Can can you see my screen here with uh? Yes, I can. Okay, with the, your books. So I had the opportunity to read 
Generation Kill many years ago, which is a, mm-hmm. a story about the Marines in the first invasion of Iraq. Then I read um, one of the one of the leaders, the lieutenants in that book, uh, Nathaniel Fick. Do you know you know Nate Fick? He was a part of that platoon. He was like Harvard educated, super genius, who uh, was leading a platoon. And he always seemed to get himself in trouble in the, over the politics and the, bureau, you know, the bureaucracy of being in the Marines. And then, and then I had the opportunity to read a book that came out in the past 12 months, and that was uh, General Mattis's book, Jim Mattis. Oh, man. Yes. And so he actually, I believe he mentions Nate Fick in that book. And so you saw, I saw, I read a book about the platoon level. I re- read a book about the lieutenant level. And then I read it from the general's perspective. Mm-hmm. And I was so impressed with, and I didn't know this about the Marines, their focus on what they, they want you to read, that they have a, a required reading list. They do. And Jim Mattis in his book says something along the lines is if you haven't read a hundred books, you're functionally illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> and here I see you, a Marine, and on the exterior, I mean your muscles, your martial mm-hmm. arts. You're, you're a drill instructor, but you're so learned. And this is all later in the later part of life. You know, normally people stop learning after they're 22, 23. Here you are at 32 and you're still at it. Mm-hmm. Um, just did they instill that in you in the Marines or is this something that you instilled in yourself? That, that's what I want. So it's kind of both, but really I would have to say the Marine Corps has given me the tools and I've just taken those tools and run with it. I think because, you know, depending on your tempo, and this is something too, the Marine Corps shifting in because we have a new commandant. Commandant is the top dog in charge mm-hmm. of the entire Marine Corps. So we have a new one and his emphasis is on education, which I'm a huge fan on because a lot of people, they don't like college degrees. They're like, oh, you don't need a college degree to be successful. I'm like, true. But, and they always try to use individuals that have degrees. They always try to use like, um, uh, Steve Jobs or Tim Cook or Jeff Bezos and stuff like that. I'm like, or Mark Zuckerberg, like, oh yeah, they dropped out of Harvard. I'm like, cause they didn't need it. Yeah. They went there because of the stigmatism that you need a degree to be successful, yeah. which I do agree you don't. However, they were a phenomenon to where they, they got it. Like Beethoven just knew how to play the piano. They got how to do those things. You know, like Bill Gates, he just got it. Mark Zuckerberg, he just got it. That's why they dropped out because they were just like, I could teach this. Let me go do my thing. And that's where I try to get people to where like, unless you just get it, you, you, you need that education because that's kind of that, it's kind of the foundation that sets that you continue to build your house of just knowledge on. And it's a continuous building because like Bill Gates, he still, he, he, he teaches himself because he's at that level now because individuals that are educated if they want to learn something, you immerse yourself into it. You don't need to go to college anymore because you have that foundation on how to study. You have that foundation on how to test yourself and how to um, instill that knowledge inside of your head. And the Marine Marine Corps has kind of given me back a little bit because depending on your tempo within the Marine Corps and how you operate, I would have to say like, before I was a drill instructor, I tried to do college, but it's kind of hard because, you know, my first eight years in the military was training, working, training. I went to I went to Afghanistan, 
And then I became a drill instructor. So it's kind of hard to do college if you're always going to the field or you're always, you know, doing training or you're always going somewhere. So it's kind of hard to do college. So I didn't really get into that whole college learning mindset until uh, the end of my tour as a drill instructor, I'd have to say about 10 years in. And then that's when it started kicking in. And then obviously MESEP, MESEP's opened my eyes because I've only known the Marine Corps. Like this was my first job so far and probably my only job because the next job I create, I'll be a CEO or a COO. Like I'm not, uh, <laughs> you understand that. You understand that. <laughs> um, but this was my first job to where I, I only knew the Marine Corps. And being on MESEP, it's opened my eyes a lot and it's humbled me and it's taught me something that's not intangible. And that's like that, that human being concept. Because I, in the nursing program, you know, my friend Deirdre, I remember her for the rest of my life because it's funny. She taught me how to speak to civilians. And it sounds weird, but being a Marine, our lingo is very blunt, yeah. it's very gruesome, uh, probably unprofessional, depending on who you're talking to and they're kind of, <laughs> How their mindset, but she taught me how to talk to individuals because you know, as doing clinicals, you're in a hospital working with n normal individuals, old people, young people, children. You have to know how to conversate, and she taught me how to do that. And MESEP's kind of given me and instilled in me even more education. Like I'm huge on audibles. I love audibles. Me like too. I'll do, I'll do an audible more than I'll sit down and read a book because because I'm still in college. It's like I'm burnt out on reading, but I, I drive places and I get stuck in traffic. So I'll just, I can't, I'm a, I'm a very good listener. Yeah. So I can listen to a book. Like if I do a road trip, I'll listen to one or two books. Yeah. You know, another book that you might uh, like is the mission, the men and me. It was written by a Delta force uh, operator that's yeah. retired. That book, it, it's phenomenal in terms of leadership and just overall, just development of your subordinates that I always recommend that book to people too, as, as a leadership tool. Cause that book, like mad dogs book, general Mattis's book. And I would say that one too. Uh, and then also what's a Navy seal. Chaka Willing. No, uh, Goggins. Goggins. David Goggins. Yeah. David Goggins, his, his book too, his I audible. It. I always recommend his audible above his book. Yeah. Because his, have you listened to it? Yeah, I listened to it. I, I listened yeah. to it and I read it and I, when I get a book and an audible, I love audible and I also mm -hmm. always buy the book and I listen to it cause I commute 12 years of commuting. And, um, when I get to the office, I have the book on my desk and I pull it and I highlight and underline and earmark and dog. And if I'm mm -hmm. on vacation, I take it. I reread books. Books have been the number one thing in my life that, that's helped me get success. Uh, yep. I had a fine college experience, but all of my learning has been post-college taking courses. Mm -hmm yourself and just reading book after book after book. And I got the answers I was looking for. I had the questions and I, I needed the answers. And I found them in on the pages of books from generals and leaders and business leaders and politicians um, and, and, all, and all kinds of people. Uh, it's, so I, I love to read and I love to listen to books too. And I just can't. That, that's why I pulled up that picture, and I was so interested to talk to you about it because you embody this so much. I mean, this whole thing is about writing a book, right? Mm -hmm. You, which is a goal of mine, by the way. Just throwing that out there. Any questions? You let me know. It's an amazing process, and uh, it's, it's addicting. So, uh, but the, but the point is, is that I'm so fascinated. 
I didn't have the opportunity, or I guess I had the opportunity, but from where I come from, which is, you know, a, a place of privilege, I, I went to private school. I didn't have a single friend that went into the military. The first time it even, I knew someone went into the military was I had a single friend in high school who got accepted into the, um, the, the Naval Academy. Oh, nice. Jared Streeter, and he was a lacrosse goalie, and he got accepted, and that was it. Other than that, I didn't even know a single person until I started uh, to go later in my life. And, you know, I you definitely have some guilt about that when you're a civilian and you see a war mm -hmm. going on for 20 years and people dying, and you're like, it's it just – it never even occurred to me. It wasn't on my radar at all. But now mm -hmm. I love – learning about the military and reading these stories of leadership. Uh, it's just such a thank you. Thank you for everything you do. And you're such an amazing, amazing guy. Uh, the whole video at the beginning just shows it when your whole, whole school is going nuts for you. And that also has something to do with you, not just the fact that you're in the military. I always I mean, say, you know, yeah. be, being an asshole comes in every religion. Uh, you can be in the military. You could be a, a Christian asshole, a Jewish asshole, a Muslim asshole. Every it doesn't discriminate. So, um, being in the military is not certainly not enough to be a good person. You are. It's, a good it's, it's definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> Let but, you know that it's definitely not. Yeah. So I, I pulled up another. Uh, I pulled up one, one more thing over here, and this is um, a few days ago. I think. Let me. Share my screen, see if this works. Oh, I pulled up the same one again. Um, Did you read a lot as a kid? No. No? No. No. Oh. <laughs> so you're, you're at the Oculus here, which for those who aren't from uh, New York is on the side of 9-11. This was on September 13th. You know, it's a crazy thing. You know, it's, I was in 10th grade when 9-11 happened, coming out of science class, and I'm from New York. I, at the time, I was in boarding school in Massachusetts, and I remember the feeling. Um, but you, you went and actually protected this country and served, and you're still serving. I mean, that's, uh, that's an incredible, incredible thing. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And that, and that, and I love going to 9-11 because it puts everything into perspective. Yeah. And then because it, it's wild to me, and I, but I understand at the same time, a lot of my friends from college have never even gone to the memorial, have never even done any of that because they have family that had passed away during 9-11. And they just psychologically and emotionally, they just they don't want to go through that again because they already went through it once yeah. and they don't want to go there. But going to that. Going to 9-11 to me, I, if anybody always visits, whenever they come visit me, that is the number one spot I always take them, 9-11. I've been there so many times and I love it so much that uh, when I commissioned, when I went from the enlisted ranks to, and I commissioned, I had a ceremony, I went through the logistics of planning with the World Trade Center, Freedom Tower, to where I had my commissioning ceremony up top. And I had it on like the nine. What floor is it? 79? No, I think 79. I had it on like the 79th floor to overlooking Manhattan because wow. I, I'm i a city boy at birth, but I'm a city man at heart. Like I love the city. I hated it when I first got here because everything's so like 
<laughs> like they run into you, traffic yeah. gives me anxiety, all this other stuff. And then I, I fell in love with it because that's that's how my brain, like I'm just always, mm. and I can relate to New York City and there's always so much to do here. But yeah, 9-11 puts everything in perspective because like, you know, everybody that was alive during that time frame, which is crazy too, because now, uh, you know, young men and women that are joining the military this year were born after 9-11. So it kind of puts things in perspective to where like, damn, I've gotten yeah. to that, that age now. I've gotten to that, that point to where they don't even know 9-11, you know? Yeah. And, it's, and it's interesting because if I stay in for a certain time frame, I'm gonna be in the military longer than some of these individuals are gonna be alive. You know, if I make it oh, past 18, yeah, because if I make it past 18 years in the, in the service, uh, you know, I'll be in the military longer than the ones joining at the time. So it's always that humbling, the older you get, the more experience you get in the military. It's always humbling because it's just like, dang, I've been in the military before they were born and now I have to be in charge of them possibly in combat. And it's always humbling to be like, you know, this is my responsibility to not only them, the country, but their families to not fail them, especially yeah. as an officer. So it's, it's always humbling. It's always in, it puts things in perspective, especially going to 9-11. I love going there because you know, we were alive. We know exactly where we were. I was in English class, uh, you know, when it happened. And then, you know, we didn't know because there was somebody outside just blaring the radio. And we're like, yo, bro, we're trying to do English. And then it started going over on the loudspeaker and everybody had their TVs on. And yeah. not the, not those flat screen TVs, <laughs> the, <laughs> the big old box ones yeah. and tubes. Uh, but it was, it's just always intriguing because it puts a lot of things in perspective. And this year, Obviously, 2020 has been crazy for everybody. Uh, it's been crazy for me, just the whole path that I've been going on this year in terms of I didn't know if I was going to have to get out of the military, if I was going to be able to stay in because of my ankle and the recovery. And mm -hmm. it's also been, you know, it's kind of been a blessing in disguise at the same time because my buddy, you know, at the beginning of the year, he saw he wanted to do something together. He came to me with his vision. He came to me with what he wants to do and it matched with what I want to do. So me and him, we created a corporation together and we've been doing business ever since February. And we've been, I mean, we've been doing fairly well for ourselves. What are you uh, doing this year? So right now we focus uh, e-commerce domestically. And then we also do import export, especially into the Caribbean. And then this year it's, it's funny cause we created the business. We started getting things rolling together and then COVID happened. We're just like, it's okay. You know, we're, we're thankful because we're in the military. We so, you know, it's one of those uh, sayings where turn your side hustle into your main hustle. Yeah. And that's where we're at right now to where like, we're still serving our country. We still want to do it honorably. We still want to put our all into everything left because yeah. we're really big on our name. Like yeah. my name, if you hear somebody talking bad about me, it's funny because it happens to me all the time. If somebody's talking bad about me, if that person actually knows me, they're yeah. always like, that's not JJ. Like I don't, and then they come and ask me and I actually tell them, my side and they're like oh that actually makes sense because this was not making this is not you so that's i'm big on that i'm big on my name and that's why i don't do certain things because my name is my if you hear jj or you hear winans or you hear you know second lieutenant winans you're automatically going to know be like okay i know who that is yeah. and that's and me and him are big on that and what, you know, we started what, what's the name of your site i want to pull it up what's that what's the name of your uh, website oh it's just a basic website to where you can subscribe to Okay. Um, limited on 
It's yeah, it's just limited unlimited without the E's. So L I M I T D huh? and then unlimited without the, the E. But right now it's just a basic website because he's so the tech guy, he's in training right now. Mm -hmm. But that's a what that's the basic website to where that's our e-commerce domestically. Uh, we operate a lot via eBay. And then, right. you know, in time we have different phases to where we're eventually going to create our own platform, our own website and do our own things. So that's just a basic, you know, you put in the, you put in your information and you get uh, newsletters to products that we have coming in. Cause right now we folk mm -hmm. right now we focus a lot on uh, electronics, you know, mm -hmm. Apple products, Mac, uh, Microsoft products. So, and me and him, like I said, it's been for, for us, it's been a wild ride because how we develop and how we, you know, how we've been going, especially with the Caribbean, because the Caribbean internationally, uh, it's been restricted because of COVID. So that's put a lot of halts in our whole logistical supply chain and what we want to do down there. So it's been a very intriguing, interesting year, but at the same time, it's worth thankful because, you know, we're, we still have, you know, a, a income every month. We're still able to do these things and learn and, you know, perfect our craft, perfect the, the process to be able to be better hopefully when all these restrictions are lifted. Yeah, you don't, I'm positive that you will. Is this a friend from the military or is this a friend from mm -hmm. school of the military? Yeah, yeah he, he did the same program. He was enlisted as well. He did MESEP and then he commissioned and um, we both wanna, so he's from the Caribbean and we both wanna be able to create kind of a method to, and it's methods that's been used. And you know, we, we're both like, he's a philosopher, he loves to read. So we both kind of on the same platform to where like we always research into things to where we can help second world countries develop better because mm -hmm. of the restrictions that they have. So let's kind of bring something from somewhere else that's already developed into there to help make them grow. You know, and that goes into the impacting lives and, you know, creating employment. But that's one of the main things where he brought to me and I was just like, that's what I want to do too. So let's, let's do it. You think and, you're uh, New York City for life? So New York City is my, it's my own end goal. Yeah. Uh, my New York City for me is my end goal. I want to live here, but I don't want to like, I want to live like penthouse live here. So yeah. the day that I'm able to wake up and have coffee, overlooking the city that's when i'll know i'll be like <laughs> i've i've made it but i'm not done so right. let me let me just keep going but it's that is a goal of mine is yeah. to be able to live live in new york city i do love it here where but i have to leave next year you do? where are you where are they taking you so after this is where i go to our follow-on trainings in virginia it's uh -huh. quantico virginia it's like 30 45 minutes south of dc mm -hmm. so i go there for my follow-on training as long as everything right now with my ankle in terms of I'm able to run, it's not fast, but I'm getting there because uh, a year ago I was in crutches. So, you know, I'm able to run and that just goes back to me being hard on myself, but I, I'm able to run. I've been, I've been hiking every Saturday, kind of conditioning my ankle again to where I can start doing like legit hikes. I'll go upstate uh, and just get ready for it. Cause March is when right now I'll be going to uh, TBS to do my fall on training and that's six months. And then after that, I go to my fall on training for whatever job, I get within the military. So, you know, next year, next year is that year is basically going to be all training. Fantastic. So it's good. Yeah. It's going to be interesting because when I go is when he's the, the, my, my business partner, he's the CEO and then I'm the COO. Uh, that's when we'll both be transitioning to where I'm going and he's, he's leaving. So the transition is going to be interesting. It's great. Well, listen, 
is there anything you could leave me with? What, what do you tell your, you know, your recruits when you're, when they're coming into basic training and you were the drill instructor, what, <laughs> you know, like what principle do you think I should write about in this book? Uh, from all your experience in business and getting your MBA, uh, having this long career in the military, like what is the most, what is your go-to core value or principle that I should, uh, I should focus on? For me, it's the life. For, for me, it's my four life pillars. So I made like four, my four life pillars. Uh, another slogan, two slogans I always love to use is like, you have to be a good person first. And another good slogan that I always use and I tell people is like, you have to be a good follower to be a good leader. Yep. And a lot of people forget that they just want to always lead, 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 which is good. But you also got to be humble to know when you need to follow. Everybody follows. Even, yep. even the most top person follows in a business because the board of directors has kind of control over. So you have to be a great follower, be a great leader. But my four life pillars are, you know, love, passion, dedication, and consistency. And, you know, what I mean by that is you got to love what you do every single day and not just what you do. You got to love who you are. If you don't love who you are, what you do, where you're at in your life, you need to figure out how to do that. And once you figure out how to do that and find that love, you have to have the passion. If you have that passion for what you do to where you wake up every day wanting to do it, not that you have to do it, that you want to do it because you have that love, that passion falls into play. And you have to have the dedication to do it every morning, to wake up every morning, to be a dad, to be a husband, to be a businessman, to be a businesswoman, to be in the military, to wake up at two, using military as an example, to wake up two in the morning to go on a 20 mile hike. <laughs> Who in their right mind wants to do that on their own? Nobody. But it, that, that goes and ties the love and that passion to where you love what you're doing, you're passionate what you're doing because you know it meets a higher goal to where you might have to protect this country. You might have to serve when the nation calls. That's going to be that thing that prepares you for it. And then the consistency. This is where a lot of people fail in because they want to be passionate. They want to be consistent in something like fitness or something like college. And they figure out like, oh, man, this is hard. And then they stop. They didn't have that dedication and that consistency to keep going. You have to have the consistency to keep the love, to keep the passion, and to keep that dedication to excel who you are and what you do, who you interact with, and what impacts you life, impact what lives you impact along the way. Amazing. So that would be my my four things. It's amazing. I mean, I think one of the things I admire the most about you, and the reason I pulled up the, the picture of your Achilles is, you know. <laughs> That cripples most people. That's it. You know, honorable discharge. That's enough to anybody would say, oh, you you did your best. You tried your hardest. No problem. Mm -hmm. Give up. No, but you're back at it. You know, uh, I, one of the pictures I pulled up, but it, it, it disappeared on me, was you lifting weights and doing squats, and you're like back at it. Um, that's uh, that's a trait. And then on this podcast, you brought up that you uh, you failed the class, and that didn't stop you. You pivoted. No, yeah, no. It, and when that's it. People... I always tell people, I'm like, you, it's been used many times. It's not something new that's been said, but diamonds aren't formed by just a little bit of pressure. You know, diamonds are formed by thousands of pounds of pressure per, like not even inch per, uh, was it centimeter or something like that? But they're formed by thousands and thousands of pounds of pressure. It's either going to form into a diamond or it's just going to be crushed. Yeah. And it's up to you. You got to be that diamond to where, you know, pressure, you're going to fail. It's weird, but I love failing. Because if I fail once, I usually don't fail twice mm -hmm. because I learn and I take 
it, it it's that humbling fact to the where like did failing out of nursing school hurt like me pridefully? Yes, it did. Because if anybody's been to medical school or any time of medical school, the hours upon hours upon hours of studying and sacrificing of just your overall social life, it's a lot. It's a lot. So when I had when I failed out and I had to switch degrees, I was one, my pride was hurt because I was like, I don't I don't fail. I don't that's not what I do. And then having to choose a different degree. But I mean, I don't regret it because the path that that one door shut, I opened another one and, you know, here I am still opening more doors. So, well, that's what I love about reading books is that you find out uh, about the journey and you see how much failure it takes to get to the top. And every time I see someone who's on TV or a podcast and it's all sunshine and rainbows and there's, oh, my God, I became a billionaire. That's that's almost never the way it goes down. And typically no. tell that story are full of shit and they're phony yep. and <laughs> most likely avoid those people at all costs. Because yep. um, even Amazon, people yeah. think Amazon just became a hundred billion dollar corporation overnight. Like, no, they were actually bankrupt in the early 2000s. Yeah. Like they failed. So you just got to, I mean, that just puts everything in perspective to where, and that's why I think where a lot of people kind of, they relate with me. And even via social media, because I'm very, I'm transparent. I'll tell you my failures. I'll tell you my successes, because I think that develops us as who we are as individuals. Yeah. I'm not one to just be like, oh, I'm always succeeding. No, I'm not. I, 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 get, I tell my failures. I'll tell my story on social media because it's a platform to be able to do that. And people see that. And people I haven't even met will reach out to me and ask me for advice because they see the type of individual that I am. And that's also humbling and kind of gratifying at the same time to where people are actually seeing me yeah. via social media because of how I portray myself. And it's the truth. You know, I don't I portray, you know, the transparency of who I am as a leader because, you know, I, I get back uh, back backlash. No, what's, what's the word I'm looking for? I get um, pushback. pushback. Yeah. I, can't, <laughs> I can't think of the word. I get pushback because you know, being as an officer, you're supposed to portray perfection. And I don't, depending on who you talk to, I don't like that because then that one time I fail, now they, now that whole perception of who I am is fallacy. Yeah. Vice, if I portrayed who I am as a man, who I am as a human being to where I fail, I succeed, but I'll never quit. And I always do what needs to get done as long as it's ethically correct to get it done, I'll mm-hmm. get it done. If you portray that and you fail, people don't look at you negatively now. People actually look at you as like, oh, I can look up to this individual. Uh, I can emulate who this individual is. And I think that's where a lot of people try to, just like you said, they always, that sun shines and rainbows where it's just like, bro, no, that's not how it is. Like if you actually know somebody, that's not how it is. Yeah. Well, listen, this was amazing. Great conversation. Thank you so much. if I could be of service to you in the course of you starting your businesses and you need anything, you please reach out to me. And uh, if I need anything, I know exactly where I'm going to call. <laughs> I, I won't be shy. Uh, I never am. Uh, keep doing what you're doing on social media. I absolutely love it. Uh, such an inspiring message that you put out. And uh, let me just pull that up for um, for those people so that they could follow you. Great uh, tag, combat underscore Ken. <laughs> Here's a picture of you lifting. I mean, it's just crazy, uh, the work that you've put in. Really proud of you for everything you've done and really, really grateful for your service. 
Um, I know that we'll get back on the mat soon.